Shauna wrote you something. Lovely. I love when you write me something. Well, Does it have the word blood in it? Um, I'm, I'm going to say that in a moment because okay. I'm, I'm, I'm good at that. But okay. I'm going to read what I wrote. Okay. Green water tinged red. Face down, lifeless stare, no breath. Shamrock luck ran out. <laughs> Do you know what that was? Is this the death of a leprechaun? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Do you know what that was? <laughs> I believe that is the first St. Patrick's Day murder haiku poem ever <laughs> written. Can someone correct me if I'm wrong, maybe in, in, in our listening pool of tens and tens of people? I love that. I, I think, hey, the tens and tens have grown. It seems like it has grown. I think we're into the hundreds, maybe. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, and doing it all without the aid of advertisement it's and big... Word know. of mouth. Yeah. Word of yeah. mouth is a powerful thing, yes. So, I'll be darned. So... What, now, what would you call that? A true crime murder? I think it was the leprechaun first the first Irish Saint haiku. Pa- yes, the first St. Patrick's Day uh, murder haiku poem. All right, excellent. And that encompasses so much. I know. I'm looking forward to writing one for Easter. <laughs> uh oh. Which I, you know, we might You're be going to get us in trouble. I don't want to get that us in, one. But, you know, it's. Easter can be kind of terrifying. Oh, no, it, I'd it, love When the I'd rabbit's teeth get too sharp <laughs> and long. <laughs> I'd love you. I, I'm looking forward I'm to looking that forward already to that. now. But All the, right. We've never, I've never heard of that. So I thought, why not Why not? Why not be the first? And there you are over there in your green Wacky green. Poem Life podcast t-shirt. I am. Yep. And I have my green because it is, uh, clover is, button on. This happens to be St. Patrick's Day. This is St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. So I guess Shano Perkins, Bill O'Guthrie, <laughs> you and I. Yes, I do have some Irish roots. I imagine you would. Yes. Yeah. Roxanne has done the ancestry, and there's there's some in there. No doubt. Episode 73. Three, seven, three. Seven, three. 73. 73. 73. Poetist Stalker Part 2. Part 2. Branded. Part, branded, yes. <laughs> yeah, That last week's podcast drew some interest and wanted yes. to be a continuation or yes. an extension of that. Well, and I just wanted to continue because I didn't feel like we we said all we we really wanted to say, or at least I know I didn't, And on the theme we did last time. If you listen to it, we were talking about a case of a woman who was supposedly stalked, and then you find out that she had made all that up. It was her illusion based on some childhood abuse that mm-hmm. had come back in in her memory. Yeah. And um, so we're going to talk about that and then also talk about some other murder poems, and Bill started us off with the murder poem and, and I, did, I, I did have a vision with this murder poem I was looking at the river in Chicago that they dye green oh yeah and I thought what if they happen to find a body when they're dying the river green <laughs> and gonna I'm gonna dye I, the I, body green I need to find a poem I need to come up with a so can you imagine you know someone is in the and the you know tinged red with the it was kind of creepy <laughs> kind of creature of the black lagoonish. Yeah. I was watching an ep- episode of Bewitched the other day because, you know, sometimes when I can't find anything to watch, I, I just go the, back over to Bewitched and watch another episodes. episode. Yes. It was mm-hmm. the one with the leprechaun, you know, who was actually kin to Darren, not her. The leprechaun oh, that cool. comes to the U.S. because someone had stolen his, this rich uh, American guy had stolen his chimney and he had a pot of gold in the chimney. I vaguely remember this. <laughs> I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Well, I was watching... Uh, the Partridge family last weekend at the cabin, just kind of, you know, 
dilling around having coffee. And, <laughs> We're so old, aren't and we? Then, and, and guess who had broken into their garage and was playing drums and was waiting on them? A leprechaun. Bobby Sherman. Oh, Bobby Sherman. Bobby Sherman. Bobby Sherman. Julie, 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 <laughs> do you love me? So, you know, he, he had the he had the leather choker on and the perfectly the perfectly parted hair. And I had a poster of him in my room, and there was a girl that lived down the road from us named Julie, and she swore that he wrote oh, that song for I her. I see. And you yeah. probably just rolled your eyes like, yeah. Yeah, she was dead serious. Mm. Well, I wasn't quite sure, yeah. you know, because she was really pretty, you know. Yeah. And so I, oh, so you were like... <laughs> Could you be. Know, could you know, not out of the realm of possibility, but. So we're uh, we're bringing the show to you, and we're from the uh, where are we? The we're rural, rural Oklahoma Museum of Poetry Sometimes here in Locust Grove, Oklahoma. <laughs> yes, right we right off Main Street. Yes, we do this podcast. Obviously, we're at week seventy three, so we've been doing it a while. Where we a little bit uh, talk about poetry in an accessible way and make it interesting. Still talk about it as poetry, and but we bring in stories and jokes and whatnot and we usually talk about a poem that someone's left in the museum but not always and where else in this nation can you hear of a saint patrick's day murder haiku Uh, nowhere else no no i challenge you to find crime and wackiness and Mm -hmm. poetry and no it's all here nowhere nowhere it's all right here Mm -hmm. it's right right here and ring ring Mm -hmm. we we are having some wine (laughs) oh i thought (laughs) is the phone ringing they got my attention i was like is someone at the door? Yes, We're having do. some wine that Bill brought called Ring Ring. Ring Ring. You know, I thought of When a Stranger Calls. Yeah. There's ha- a need. Oh. Have you checked the children? <laughs> There's a need. Oh. You are morbid. We were talking before we started about why why people uh, are interested in true crime and murder mm-hmm. and stuff like that. and. Well, and Bill said, "Well, I'm morbid," and I'm like, "Well, I am too." I guess you know we're, we're all kind of morbid because I was I was telling you there are people alive today that don't know they're going to be murdered. I hope I'm not one of them. Who will be? Yeah. Statistically, it's a yeah. fact. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, it's just chance sometimes. It is chance. Yeah. But on this bottle of wine, there's an old-fashioned, you know, dial telephone. Yeah. That a picture of it's really cool. Yeah. And on the back of it, it says, this is a wine from Italy that has a persistent finish. Persistent finish. Yeah. yeah. We like that phrase, persistent finish. I picture that as a, a 1940s actress who has set her pancake nicely with some sort of <laughs> shellacking, <laughs> some sort Actually, of a spritzer spray. That, would, that could be a drag, pers- a drag queen name, couldn't it? Persistent finish. Oh, certainly could. <laughs> yeah, persistent finish. Yes. Percy finish. Painted, painted, painted for the gods. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Yeah. Uh, okay, so so we're going to talk a little bit about the case from last time and then other things. Mm-hmm. So we, we talked about this woman named Ruth Finley who was from Wichita and that she had uh, been s- stalked, apparently, by this person who was sending her poems. And we read some of those poems and we discussed them and we analyzed a few of them, didn't mm-hmm. we? Yeah. And um, sort of talked about why uh why this was happening and you know come to find out after the police had spent three hundred thousand dollars trying to trying to find this stalker that she was doing it to herself because of some trauma from uh, childhood abuse and the way that this started though was what she told the police is someone called her and said are you ruth smock and smock was her maiden name and she said yes, and then this caller proceeded to say, well, I know what happened to you when you were 16. I remember 
you know, the branding and the attack and the chloroform. So she was first in the papers, mm-hmm. in the Wichita papers and the Kansas papers. I don't think it went national at the time, in 1946, mm-hmm. when she was 16 and said that um, she had been chloroformed in her room. She was staying in a rooming house. She wasn't living with her parents. Mm-hmm. By an unknown assailant and branded on both thighs with a flat iron. And she gained consciousness the next morning. So this happened the night before. Suffering from burns, superficial knife cuts on legs, neck, and face. So she was 16. She was attending high school there mm-hmm. in um, Fort Scott, I think. And was working as a telephone operator, but she was living alone at 16. I guess so that there, was a little more common then. I don't know. Well, you know, uh, maybe sometimes young women were, went to find work or to, you know, when, when there was, it, it was quite a challenging time mm-hmm. for a lot of people to support a family. Yeah. But uh, it sounds to me like the very, er, very early form of what we now know as cutting or self-harm yeah. for attention or to try to right. get some sort of a, a relief or. Right. Mm-hmm. And there was no mention of, of poetry at this time. It was just the fact that, you know, she'd been attacked. And, of course, nobody ever found the attacker because we find out uh, in 1981 when they solved this stalking case that she, you know, she was doing it to herself. So I assume she had done the branding to herself, too, even mm-hmm. though I couldn't find anything online that explained that. There is a book about her. And maybe in the book, you know, she talks about that incident, but I couldn't find anything. Was she uh, abused sexually? As yes. A, um, now, that might have been a way to sort of make herself less appealing uh, to any any future attacker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're all hypothesizing mm-hmm. here, I suppose. Well, but... I mean, you wonder what the trigger was, because we found out as the adult in 19... Uh, 81 in the late 70s and, and 80s when this started happening again when she was being stalked the trigger was that her husband had gone into the hospital and she was alone and she a couple of other things had happened and completely and then, exposed yeah, yeah and so then she started creating these poems and letters from this stalker and that's how that continued well i, I printed up something from the mayo clinic self-injury okay. self-injury may be an attempt to manage or reduce severe distress or anxiety and provide a sense of relief, provide a distraction from painful emotions through physical pain, Mm -hmm. feel a sense of control over the body, feelings, or life situations. Sounds like that is exactly what she was trying to do. Yeah, something must have happened. Well, I think just being 16 and living by yourself and having to work and go to school, she was probably stressed and scared. Yeah. And what year was this again? That was 1946. And I, you know, uh, women who were alone um, were, were often the target, and still are, the target of a lot of uh, odd, you know, bad things. Mm-hmm. Women tend to be targeted. That's just a fact. Yeah. Not not fair. It's a fact. Yeah. And, yes. and I mean, and she knew that in, you know, in her, that was there in her consciousness. And uh, so that was just part of what she did and she may have disassociated when she was doing it but you know mm-hmm. part of why she did that to herself was because she knew she would be taken seriously yeah because there are a lot of evil uh, people out there like the the uh, headline on this one uh, Wichita Beacon article says sadist mutilates high school girl yeah yeah but it didn't happen it didn't happen yeah. and um 
she got a certain sense of notoriety from this, which maybe that might have been intoxicating somewhat, mm -hmm. you know. And then you said, you know, you were reading about from the Mayo Clinic the reason why people do self-harm. Isn't that also the reasons why people are also sadists and murderers and violent people? Mm -hmm. I think there's because a sense uh, there's a, a sense of thrill of, of creating panic, harm. Uh, there's a sense of a visceral thrill. Uh, uh, twisted, obviously, mm -hmm. from uh, the, the the almost the act, uh, the pre-act as the act of mm -hmm. murdering or scaring or terrorizing, and probably even like you said, relieve stress. Relieve. And <laughs> I hadn't thought of that to, to, for a, a murderer mm -hmm. or a, a, to to relieve stress by murdering. Yeah. Yeah, seems that's a that's a really an extreme way to deal with your stress. Yes, but you know. I I think that's you know what what I've know about murderers from mm -hmm. <laughs> reading things and watching and listening to way too many podcasts is that is is that is how they feel mm -hmm. you know that they feel like that's the only way that they can deal with life is I by killing it, others and of course nine times out of ten the attacker or the or the perpetrator tries to look locate someone who they feel like is less strong less uh, likely to fight back or to get away right. How often do you hear of a murderer saying, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna target a seven foot ten lumberjack"? <laughs> yeah. I feel the need to, you know, I feel the need to bury the hatchet, so to speak. Well, you know? deep down, you know, a murderer is is probably a really, really huge coward. No doubt, okay. a bully and a coward. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yes. So now, what all does this have to do with poetry? Well, <laughs> there there is a there is a bridge, there's a link. <laughs> we wondered last time, mm -hmm. and we tried to sort of answer. And I'll, I will just keep wondering. I don't know what the answer is, but why do certain violent people use poetry as a as a tool? You know, as a way to explain themselves or express their reality in some way. What is it about poetry? I don't know. Ransom notes can also be seen as a odd Those are form of poetic. poetry. Yeah, and the way you know the movies will cut have you cutting up letters. Often that's not the case, and put pasting them mm -hmm. as a ransom note can be deemed. Is that a form of poetry, Sean? Do you know a ransom note or can they be riddles, Dep rhymes, riddles, circles? Depends on how it's written. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which makes me think of this. This is one thing I wanted to bring in while we're talking about this. And if y'all have answers and, you know, things out there uh, to these questions we were just asking of, yeah. of why poetry, because, you know, I, I'm a lifelong poet and, mm -hmm. and I love poetry and I'm in service to poetry and I don't like it defamed and I don't like killers using it. So help me figure, right. <laughs> figure out this, why they're doing solve it. Solve this problem. So I was looking around and there was a, a sense that perhaps the Zodiac killer wrote poetry now we know he wrote letters you know because we have those we've never found out who that guy was uh, but on the hunt a killer blog this is from 2017 i found a picture of a poem that they think the zodiac might have written okay and this was on a it was carved into a desk in the riverside city college library and which was very close to where one of the, where a student was murdered on October 30th, 1966, which may have been one of his victims. Mm -hmm. But here's that poem. Sick of living unwilling to die. That's the title. Cut, clean, 
if red, clean, blood spurting, dripping, spilling, all over her new dress. Oh well, it was red anyway. Life draining into an uncertain death. She won't die this time. Someone will find her. Just wait till next time. That's creepy. That's not, <laughs> and may I say that's not bad? I, know I mean, you not. know, it's, yeah. It's not a bad point. No, yes. Yeah. It was red anyway. You know, yeah. so what's a little extra crimson oh, well. going to hurt? Oh, well. Little, you know, a little extra dye here and there. Yeah. Wow. It's very vivid. Very That's one vivid. of the things why mm-hmm. it feels like a fairly good poem. It is very spare with its words. It starts with the verbs cut, clean. Mm-hmm. If cut, read, clean. clean. Did, the, did Was he having trouble <laughs> killing this person? I don't is it, know. She won't die. I don't you know? know. Right. Blood spurting. Do we want to know? Dripping, it's like, look spilling. away. I got to look back. <laughs> look away. Got to look back. Can you imagine when you're, you're 19... 66, and you just go in the library to do a little research and sit down, and here's this poem right. sitting on the, on the right. carved into the desk yes. in front of you. Yes. That is crazy. Yeah. But anyway, this so this article is about, the title of it is, The Robot Programmed to Think Like the Zodiac Killer Writes Really Good Poetry. So they program this computer to to write poetry and to, well, to actually think like the Zodiac Killer. Mm-hmm. So they put all the information in there about the Zodiac Killer. And then they had it spouting out poems. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's several of those poems yeah. in the article, but it you know, it starts with the one that they think he he might have written. Mm-hmm. So they're yeah. trying to get into his mind and trying to trying to explain or or understand Again, what there is about a poem yes, that yes. makes a killer, you know, be attracted to it. Yes, right. It's a <laughs> I really, don't know. It's just a really um, uh, interesting link. Yes. And <laughs> as I'm sitting here, <laughs> there's, there's a flower in between us, dear listeners, yeah. because Bill brought us a, a beautiful, bright purple hyacinth, hyacinth yeah. uh, from, his, uh, from his garden. Well, I'm just so upset. And I, I mean, just keep smelling it. And as we're talking about murder and death, you have this wonderful fragrance, you know. I know. But we're going to be having a hard, hard, hard freeze tomorrow night. And so I thought I'd snip because it's yeah. they're going to be gone. So I thought I'd snip it and enjoy it. I just, every time I, I breathe in deeply, I, I smell this flower. And I'm like, there we are, there talking, we are. About talking about blood dripping and whatever. But man, we had some nice aroma to the room yeah. as we're talking about these things. Ring, ring. I want to say, who's there? Who's there? Yeah, I don't have I don't have any jokes. One ringy dingy, two ringy dingy, Edith Ann. You know, one ringy dingy. Persistent Mm. finish. Persistent finish. Persistent. Now is the time, Bill, for me to bring up this because I want to ask, see your opinions on this. So I looked up the characteristics of a stalker. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, that's what Ruth decided she had was a stalker. And that's what a lot of these uh, murderers do and murderers who write poems. They're they're stalking the victim with them. And um, so what are the characteristics of a stalker? So here's a profile. One of them, one of those characteristics is they have some sort of relationship to the victim. Mm-hmm. Is a connection, yeah. yes. So they might have been partners you know or married or boyfriend and girlfriend at some point um but the thing is the stalker wants a relationship with Mm -hmm. this person and i guess they didn't get it 
in the normal way. So mm-hmm. they're going about it in the Abbey normal way. Abbey normal. <laughs> now that's a drag queen name if I ever heard one. Now, I also thought, as I'm reading these, these are very similar to what a poet is. Okay? So how does a poet desire a relationship to his or her victim? Victim being the reader. Victim being the reader. <laughs> I, I think they want to make a connection with their words yes. and, and, and to receive some sort of a, a feedback or a... Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it's a uh, it's bound to feed the um, the portion of the brain which the feedback area the anyway whatever that hi- is hypothalamus the, is um, that what it is I, I just made that up I think it might be <laughs> I was going to uh, say hypoglamacemia hypoglamacemia <laughs> <laughs> hippocampus that's, that's something in that the brain like isn't a, it that sounds like a big animal that lives in the water Cranium? over in Africa I don't know um, I think <laughs> I flunk biology I can see the, I can see your connection okay yeah yeah because we do I mean. Unless you're writing uh, in a diary or you're just young. I mean, when I, I started writing poetry when I was really young, but I didn't let anybody read it until mm-hmm. I was in college, mm-hmm. really. But for the most part, when you're writing it, you want someone to read it. Mm-hmm. So you want an audience. A songwriter wants his lyrics to be sung and mm-hmm. to be appreciated by its li- listening uh, population. Yeah. And yeah. that, you know, it's, it's bound to be intoxicating when that right. happens. And, yeah. and why else would you do it? So, okay. Right. So I think mm-hmm. the poet and the stalker are similar in the relationship to the victim. Victim. Okay, second characteristic, obsessed. Obsessed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the stalker constantly fantasizes about the victim, is constantly thinking about them, and they can be loving thoughts mm-hmm. or fantasies, or they can be violent and angry. Yeah, yeah. An obsession, um, and those yeah. come through in like the poems that we've seen. Yeah, that stalkers write. Now, do you think obsessed applies to the poet? I do not. You don't. I don't see a lot of obsession because I think the poet owns their owns their uh, uh, um, quote unquote obsession, um, and they don't feel like they need to get that satisfaction from someone else. They own that. They want someone to appreciate the way they perceive. But I don't think that they need that validation necessarily, but they appreciate it when they get it. But That's I could be, cool. But I could be wrong. Now, so th- riddle me this. Find me a good word for that. What mm. What's a positive word for obsession? So if the poet is not obsessed, is, uh, there, a, is there a positive word that might have a similar mm-hmm. meaning? I think instead of obsessed, I think appreciation, appreciate, understanding, okay. um, uh, appreciation, understanding, um a, a uh, kinship. Okay. Um, because, you know, I am kind of constantly thinking about poetry. Mm-hmm. Well, you're wired. I know. You're wired to think in, in poetic but, terms. But you wouldn't consider that an obsession. I would not. I guess I not, because it doesn't take over my life. You know, I don't feel like I have to act in some kind of impulsive way No, but because of that. Poetry for you is kind of like a superpower. It, you, it rolls off your brain and your tongue and your hand. In a ways that the average person, it's really difficult. So, I think you enjoy that. I think okay. you enjoy the fact that you're really good at it, and I think oh. you should enjoy that. See, that, that's a good point because if you're obsessed with something, are you enjoying it? Not necessarily. Okay. It tends to be a, 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 a bother, a, mm-hmm. a worry. Yeah. Always in your mind. Yeah. yeah. I can see that. All right. Cool. I like this. I used to be obsessed with with <laughs> folding my ear and putting it inside my in in the ear canal when I was a little kid, and I did it all. I, you couldn't even see my ear. I did it all the time, and it was an obsession. 
and it was. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm laughing at your psychological. <laughs> no, it is funny because I uh, I tend to have these little ticks as a child, you know, twirling you the hair, your folding ear my ear, and, stuck it and it would it would gradually <laughs> pop out real slowly, you know. Anyway, that was annoying. So don't and I can't even do it anymore because my ears has too much cartilage. <laughs> I, I don't know why. <laughs> okay. I had a point. That was my I, point. I, I am suddenly I was obsessed obs- with my ear. I am suddenly obsessing and fantasizing about writing a poem about you folding your ear. I would ear love it. St- I would love that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Immortalize that. It's upcoming. Uh, so, yeah, by the way, I know I've mentioned this on, on here before. I do write a poem a day. And I send it out with a very brief message, or if I'm really tired, not even a message, just the poem on an email list if you'd like to be on it. And especially if you want to to see the poem about uh, Bill folding his ear. <laughs> <laughs> you need to sign up. I look up. forward to that. I'm framing that. <laughs> Go to poemlife.org, mm-hmm. and there's a link there to email list. It's nice to get the daily poem. Because <laughs> I, 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 li- so. I like to know what you're thinking. I'm glad. What you've experienced. Yes. I, I love the one about the iris and the feet touching the water. I just it's it's very nice. Oh yeah, I, iris blades because I know exactly what you're talking about. They're like little green blades coming yeah. up. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I compared the, uh, which is another thing that makes some of these poems by killers poetic is they have some metaphors in them. So I had this metaphor of the iris blades coming up out of the ground look like troll hair, and mm-hmm. so I just imagined this <laughs> troll under the ground there, and his feet were in the water down at the water table. Yeah. Hey, cool. Sean. Hey, what? Do you, rem- do you remember I, I texted you about the fact that there was a podcaster in Washington State who had oh, an yeah. obsessed oh, yeah. an obsessed fan, an obsessed listener, who had sent her hundreds of messages and, and actually showed up at her residence. This and just happened in the last week. Last week, week Washington State, and uh, she applied for a, uh, a restraining order and police protection. Lo and behold, obsessed one, he broke into their home. He killed her, killed her husband. So, do you? My question: Do you think we have an obsessed listener out there? <laughs> I hope. Thank not. you for bringing I that up, not. Bill. As popular as we're becoming, you know, I just wonder if that's happening. So, I hope not because I, I don't think we're going to get away with your skills as an ear folder and my, however, my taking, my poetic abilities. I don't think that's going to help us. We're taking self defense from this Master is true. Paul, so it would not be an easy takedown. You know, this is so. true. I, I said at the beginning of this podcast, uh, this episode, that we didn't have any advertisement, but here here's another advertisement. If you live locally, we still are have an ongoing martial arts and haiku class mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. just awesome. It's taught by Master Paul Flaherty here in Locust Grove, Oklahoma, two times a week, 9 a.m., Monday and Thursday. It is a treasure. I, mean, I, I just keep thinking people don't know what they're missing. They don't. And it's I used amazing. to, you know, a, a while, long while ago, I used to think, oh, do I want to go? Do I want to go? Now it's like, oh, is it Thursday? Is it Monday? Yeah. I want to go. Yeah. I want to get, you know, I want to yeah. do the stretches and yeah. You know, of course, we did get heckled by a drive-by truck last we week. We did. Or well, a he couple was of being like a crow or something. something. And I thought, well, what is it? That's not even clever. <laughs> you know, I wanted yes. to shout back wherever you go. <laughs> you know. Yeah, because we're doing it. If the weather's nice, we're, we're outside where we're doing it. If it's if it's not nice, we go in, in the BFW building. But you know what, Bill? All this stuff just kind of goes together. Everything is just, it's sort of it's interconnected. kismet. Yeah. Because we're learning self-defense there. We do talk about abductions and stalkers mm-hmm. because uh, Master Paul says, hey, did you see the video of the woman, you know, who was attacked right, and right. blah, 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 mm-hmm. and, you know, the gym or and at the goes, Lowe's. And, and he goes through uh, 
uh, what they did, what they yeah. did, what they might have done uh, uh, better, what they mm-hmm. could have done mm-hmm. uh, to to get away from their attacker. Mm-hmm. And it does happen. Yeah, the attacks they happen yeah. even in 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 hardware stores in broad daylight. Mm-hmm. And yes. then we, we begin and end each of our sessions with the haiku. With a haiku. So you get a workout. <laughs> so you get a mental uh, s- uh, stimulation, physical, you know, uh, stretching and, and strength building. Mm-hmm. And it, let me tell you, the legs, it works on the legs and the calves and the yes, all of that. Yes, my legs yeah. are so much stronger. And, and I've lost some weight, too, just because, you know, I'm more conscious yeah. of my body and my breathing and, and all that good stuff. And... Uh, so, yeah, all this stuff goes together. It's, it's all one big spider web that's woven together. And Correct. That's, and that's the whole point of the museum, too. Mm-hmm. It's just a place where it's not just about coming in and, you know, stop, stand, stare type of museum or you're just reading poetry, you know, or having well, to analyze something. You that, are a part of everything. And if I may add, I was at, at you brunch. You may add. I was at brunch, ring, ring. I was at brunch last Sunday <laughs> at the Tulsa Club, you know, a, a great place in Tulsa pre-Hamilton show and having brunch. And um, one of the, a friend of mine asked, I, I said, I'm still doing our podcast. I love it. He said, now what's that about again? I said, well, it's about poetry. And he kind of did this. <laughs> oh yeah. Rolling in the eyes. And almost like fainting, falling out of his chair, you know, <laughs> like oh, poetry. We're for our town. You know? oh, I said, I, I, uh, and I was like, you know, no, 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 Kevin. Yeah. I won't say your last name, but it's, it's really, <laughs> Kevin. We, we make it really, uh, Interesting. It is one of the most interesting podcasts that I think people can hear on poetry. I, I do too. Um, you're you're probably going to laugh once or twice during the podcast. Oh yeah. You know? But the thing is, I, I know I, I will. People find what <laughs> people find this what we do actually kind of intriguing. Yeah, I think so. And uh, so I let him know. I said, "Give it a listen." Our mm-hmm. other friends said, "Oh, it's wonderful that were that were mm-hmm. with us." Mm-hmm. So I listen um, to a lot of podcasts, and many times I'm just like, "This is." Ours is so much better I than think, this. I think so. you know, and it, it's it's like it's like a little bulb under the ground, sending its little blades are up. We trolls. Send, sending our little, we're kind of trollish, sending our blades up. Our feet are at the water. We're getting ready to burst, burst forth. Oh, you bloom. know what? I just thought about that. Trolls. Trolls. On the internet, trolls are stalkers. Trolls are stalkers. Oh my god. There, there you go. You're making another connection. Oh my yeah. ring, You're ring. on fire. Those neurons are firing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want to go back to this list. Okay. <laughs> Did you hear me laughing? <laughs> I sound like a cartoon character. Okay, can't catch my breath. Here's another pro- here's another characteristic okay. of a stalker. All right. Rejected. Yes. 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 That's a poet too. And not hand <laughs> You just talked about rejection, rejection of the poet. And not handling rejection. Mhm. We all get we all get rejected. Yeah. But when you internalize it and and just take it so personally mm-hmm. to another level. Mhm. Excellent. Or if you have a relationship that goes bad, mm-hmm. you know, which they do. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? They Who do. hasn't? Yeah. But you, then you feel rejected sometimes and you take that so, so personally and, and turn it around and, and start track, um, attacking other people with it. I think if you reject, I think people who feel deeply rejected and can't get over it, they, they're just, they can't communicate. Mm-hmm. They have a really bad time communicating. Have a hard time uh, dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, working through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think poets can be emotional and hard to get along with. I not do. me, but some. Not, and I think. <laughs> I, I, well, I think. But but I'll, uh, okay. But that's true for any creative, any creative person. Believe it or not, I can be kind of hard to get along. <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> Is that what Rob tells you? Sometimes. Well, my, <laughs> you know, my, some of my family would tell you that. You know, that I tend to think I'm right all the time. Which, well, yeah. I kinda, which I usually am. I kind of feel that, too, and I usually am. 
<laughs> so we got that in common. Yeah. Well, poets are and creatives fiercely mm-hmm. independent, mm-hmm. and and so don't like to be rejected. Mm-hmm. But we are poets. I mean, my poetry has been rejected so many times. I used to keep back before the internet. I keep a file of all the rejections, and it, it's a huge, huge two inch thick mm-hmm. file of paper. Why do you? And keep, that was before why the do internet. You keep those. I don't know. Well, I think it's, but I think it's, I think it's really a, a good thing to do that. Yeah. To realize that you know what, everyone does get rejected. For every rejection, you know, you're, maybe it's. Uh, it sounds so cliche. I don't like this to say it's a learning experience. Makes me kind of nauseous. <laughs> to say, oh, you'll grow. Have from, a drink. You, you'll, you'll grow from this. You'll grow from this. No, nah, it's a rejection. I'm, it still sucks. Yeah. You know. Have another piece of bread over mm-hmm. there. I'm afraid I would choke. <laughs> what are you saying about my bread? No, I'm just saying, I mean, with me laughing here with this eating this bread, I, probably, I would choke and then we'd have to have CPR. In the museum this week, since it is a um, St. Patrick's Day week, mm-hmm. I'm making Irish soda bread. And so Bill has very a little, good. Oh, it's yeah, very any, good. All visitors can get a little bit of soda bread. Yeah. It's okay. It's not great. Oh, but, it's very good. But you very know good. what I found out about that too? The Irish uh, soda bread, it didn't start in Ireland, it's a Native American bread. Stolen from the another thing yeah. stolen from yeah. the Native another Americans. Thing stolen. Yeah. Oh goodness. And, and we just know it as the the Irish bread now. Irish bread. But it's yep. St. Patrick's. There are two Irish poets who won the Nobel Prize. Yeats and uh, Seamus Haney. Seamus. Yeah. Now, how could Seamus not be an Irish I know. name? I know. Yeah. Like Sean. Like Sean. Exactly. That's exactly right. Okay. Two more characteristics. Okay. Intelligent and motivated. You know, I'll have to let me roll a dex. Intelligence. <laughs> yeah, I think they found I, that I, most stalkers I think are you, fairly intelligent. You know, you would have to be. You'd yeah. have to have some sort of intelligence to to, to pull off some of this. It's it, it can be an intricate situation. Yeah, you have you to know. be organized and you're really planning things out. Well, because think yeah. about this: for lions to catch an antelope, there has to be a plan in place. Yeah, that you know, one one, one will draw the. Uh, uh, one will get their attention. The other will be hiding in the bushes, running in that direction. And I think that I'm, I've got a point. I think that, I, I think that stalkers and murderers are predators. There we go. Another thing. There are there's a predation. Uh-huh. There's a predation uh, instinct. The only thing I was making <laughs> the fact the that you're laughing about this ma- is startling. No, it scares me. No, the reason me. I was laughing because when you started describing the lion and how they were working together to get the, I, had, I, I was. I what was, were they getting? The cheetah? What? A, a gazelles or a gazelle or something? Paula. I start thinking about poets, <laughs> you know, working together to 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 get the the listener, the victim. Yes, so. I, thought, I thought, and I was, I'm, I'm of course gesturing as I would lo- as I love to do. So. I was just seeing myself as a lion as a, yeah. and the other lion poet, trying another... trying to get someone who will read them and listen to them. Did you know that ninety percent of the kills, at least, are done by made by female lions, lionesses, oh, yeah. oh, and, the, yeah. and and you know what happens after after the after they get the prey? What happens? The males rush in and eat the the, the, the lead male. Damn males just, every it, time. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh, I'm sorry, but you, 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 have, you have more characteristics. Yes. Well, no, those were it. Oh, that's it. But, of course, I think poets are intelligent. But, you know, there is a cliche about poets, too, that they're they're highly intelligent, but they lack social skills and uh, that kind of thing. I, I have heard that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it. And, and um, obviously, would Emily Dickinson... Um, 
you know, she she was. Well, that's to the extreme. That's to the yeah. extreme. <laughs> but can it be they're just selective in who they want to hang around with? It could be, uh, especially when you get older and you really, if you feel like you have a good sense of yourself like I do. But I guess when you're younger. I mean, do, did you ever listen to Garrison Keillor when he was doing his Prairie Home mm-hmm. Companion? Mm-hmm. And he would often have the little jokes or about English majors. <laughs> well, I don't particularly remember those. Well, but I... that's, that's what he... He would always bring in the English major when he was talking about, you know, people who didn't have very good social skills. Yeah. Their gatherings were. <laughs> I will forever miss. I will forever miss the Writer's Almanac on NPR. Yeah. I miss that. And I feel like that's a travesty to not have that any longer. I thought he was still doing that no, part. No, there, 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 there was a legal controversy with him and he stepped. Uh. He was forced to step out a few years ago. But he has got this very soothing baritone voice. And I just love his. By the way, I was told to have a nice radio voice last week. You, you have an excellent radio voice. Well, thank voice. you. I was. Uh, that was. I, f- I felt a warm fuzzy rising. That's where you've got some of your uh, stalker fans. Oh, is that right? Yeah, from your. They voice. want to hear me say blood. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why, p- partly, why one of your number one fans, Verla. Oh. Hello, really Verla. Likes you. Hey, Verla. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> So the last one was motivated, and so obviously you've got to be really motivated if you're a stalker, if you want to achieve your ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if a poet, if you want to get published, <laughs> you've got to be super hyper-motivated. Motivated and have yeah. a thick skin. Yeah, you know? yeah. So interesting, huh? It stalker is Stalker and a poet. Mm-hmm. Well, th- you know, and you think about for someone to be to be motivated, you have to find your way into the intricacies of accessing this person. Learn their routines, learn their security systems, learn their um, all of this. Mm-hmm. So there is a there is a planning and a uh, strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the poet, I guess, the equivalent of that is just learning their craft. Learning the craft. Learning the craft yeah. and figuring out what a bad poem is, mm-hmm. and and learning from the bad poems that you've written. I have written, you know, like I was talking about that two inch stack of rejections. I have um, probably a 12-inch stack, pre-internet, of all the poems, you know, mm-hmm. that, that I used to write. And they are bad. Mm-hmm. But I've kept them, and I'm not publishing them anywhere. They're so bad, I'm not even going to revise them. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, you got to do that, too. You, gotta, you do. You, you have to work, work through out. the bad mm-hmm. uh, or the unacceptable in your, in your, in your mind. Yeah, and yeah. you have to do that. I mean, you can't start with a brilliant poem. I don't know any poets that started with brilliant poems. And what makes a poem brilliant? Is it popularity? Is it is it the way it's it's everyone loves it? Because I think it's just that, every single thing goes together. That's a subjective question. It, it depends on the. Mm-hmm. But there are some that everyone knows. Um, one of the ones that I like is is a, is who wrote um, uh, riding through the woods during a winter night. Frost. Frost. Mm-hmm. The woods are lovely, dark and deep. But I, have, I have promises but I have, to but keep. I have, but I have miles to go. Before, and miles to go before I sleep. Promises to keep and miles. And he says that twice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's you know. one of the... That's one of the tools I like to use is repetition because and you, know what, you can use it really effectively. And you know what I like about that particular line? He stopped for a moment mm-hmm. and pondered whether he wanted to go into that's the woods. Right. He, because, he, he gave it a thought. Yeah, and he knew from the beginning of the poem whose woods these are. I think I know his mm-hmm. house is in the village, though. He mm-hmm. will not see me stopping here to watch his woods fill up with mm-hmm. snow. He knew these were not his woods. Mm-hmm. 
but he wanted, else's. but he wanted to explore them anyway. He wanted to explore, yeah. and he stopped. You know what? A lot of people say that all of Robert Frost's poems, even the beautiful nature poems, are death wishes. Really? Which is our theme again? Which is our theme again? <laughs> and also, I wonder: is that an? Dang, old, we're good, Bill. We're good. Is that? But <laughs> in my in my morbid mind, I'm wondering: is that an over analysis? Are you over analyzing? I don't know. I mean, yeah. because why? Why is he stopping there? What is there about those woods that's so attractive for a time? And then he realizes he has to move on. He had a lot of tragedy in his life. Okay. okay. Suicides and early deaths and, yeah. Well, there are times I'm walking through the woods and I see a hole in a tree. And I want to, I, at the base of a tree, this Do is true. Do you want to put your ear this in is, it? I, I want to... <laughs> I want to stop and investigate it. And I think well, if, I, if I walk by, I can't just walk by. It'll be my like a big fox will jump out at me. <laughs> but I want to stop and look in every little crevice and crack. Right. You know, yeah. because you're probably a scout and Jim, and you think that there's going to be a treasure in there that Boo Radley has left you. That's true. That is, that, that, wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> yeah. A piece of quartzite or something? or Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, I think we we've we've gone over our, our time here. But oh, again, I, again, was... we've gone over. <laughs> oh my, we're gonna get this penalized. was. Um, I'm just glad we got to talk about it a little bit more because obviously we had more to say. We had more to say, and if <laughs> and if I would like to add, if anyone, if this is the first St. Patrick's Day uh, murder haiku poem, <laughs> let us know because I hope it is. Please do. I want to be the Guinness comment. Book of... I want to be the, in the Guinness Book of World Records. Guinness is is Irish beer. Oh my gosh! Another connection, which I could I would like a glass of green beer. But we we have wine. We're good. ring ring. Um, <laughs> yes, you can leave comments on the post that's on our website wackypoemlife.com. You can you can write us a review or leave comments on any place you know where you get your podcast. Come in the museum and leave a comment. Come in the museum and leave a comment in the form of a poem. That would be really cool. You can email us, wackypoemlife at Mm -hmm. gmail.com. Go to our Facebook page, Wacky Poem Life on Facebook. You can make comments on there. We we need, please stalk us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, She speaks for herself. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you all. (laughs) 